0: Welcome to the Living Hope Church audio podcast. Join us weekly as Pastor Jeff Myers shares from God's Word. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Church of Dixon, California, please visit our website at livinghopedixon.com.
1: Happy Mother's Day, everybody. It's good to see everybody. Good to see everybody. We uh, love our mothers around here. I'm so thankful for... Uh, my own mother, who uh, just obviously just did an incredible job raising me, and, um, and then for my, for my wife, who's trying just as hard as she can to raise our four, and she's doing a great job too, and um, just so so thankful for uh, those women in my life, and, and um, um, so we have a gift for all you uh, mothers this morning, There's a, on the table over here, there's a stack of books, a little book like this, um, really, hardly any words in it. Um, And so it's a quick read called Praying Circles Around Your Children. Uh, A year ago, we did a series called uh, The Circle Maker that was about prayer. It really impacted our church in a huge way, impacted me personally in a huge way. And this is uh, Mark Batterson's little follow-up to that book called uh, praying circles around your children. And it just gives you some really practical ideas of how you can be praying for your kids. And so um, this is not just for mothers. I want everybody who influences a kid in, in, in any way in your life to take one of these homes and, and read it. If you're a mother, if you're a father, a grandparent, an aunt, or an uncle, or, a, uh, you know, you just, you just have kids that you're constantly uh, praying for, you want to know how you can pray for them better uh, pick up one of those books on the way out the door and uh, we'd love for you to have one and, and, uh, and take it home and read it. Great, great, great resource, okay? So that's uh, our gift to you this morning. So we're starting a new series this morning. It's a good one called From This Day Forward. From This Day Forward. And uh, we're going to, it's a series, five-week series we're going to be looking at about marriage. And um, I know a lot of you um, immediately when I say we're doing a series on marriage. You may think, oh, this has nothing to do with me. Uh, I'm I'm skipping church for the next five weeks. It's not just for married people. Uh, This this, uh, sermon series is for uh, if you're married, if you think you might be married someday, if you're a, a, a grandparent, aunt, uncle, whoever, parent who wants to... Um, um, teach your kids what to look for in future marriages in their life if you're a divorcee who is uh, looking to do it a little bit better the next time around. Whatever your situation is, I, I really believe you're going to get some stuff out of this uh, series. And so uh, join us for the next five weeks as we look at uh, this series from this day forward. So, we're, what we're going to do, the, the little subtitle there is Five Commitments to Fail Proof. Your marriage. So we're gonna we're gonna look at these five different things that you can commit to your spouse or your future spouse to fail-proof your marriage. Now everybody knows, you know, it's it's pretty common knowledge nowadays that um, the divorce rate in the United States is about 50 percent. About 50 percent. That number doesn't really change, even if you're a Christian. Uh, the divorce rate is still about 50%. However, that number drastically changes if you're a Christian who actually goes to church. Um, that, that number actually drastically changes. We're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, in a little bit. But um, it, it is, it's, a big, it's a big deal. Like, it, like what other commitment, like serious commitment would you get into in your life if you were told up front, 50-50 shot, this thing's going to work out. Really? Like seriously, like if you were going to buy a piece of property or a, a home and they were like 50/50 shot this is good. you're going to lose all your money. Would you would you seriously still buy that home? Or 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 or, or whatever and, and and yet with marriage we it, it, like here's the, here's the deal. Like if you want to um, uh, be a licensed driver in this state, you have to uh, take a test, you have to pay a fee. Uh, there's a a written test and a driving test. You have to renew that ever so often. I mean, there's all kinds of training. You you know, if you're young, you have to go through, you know, driver's ed and all this kind of stuff to drive around a car, but to get married, you just go plop down $15 at the, you know, county clerk's office and they give you a license pretty much. And so it's, it's like, there's hardly any preparation nowadays for marriage. And, and since there is a 50, 50, uh, or 50% success rate in marriages, There are so many of us that come from broken families that when we uh, go to start on a marriage of our own, we have had no good example to follow. And we're just kind of winging it, just absolutely uh, winging it. By the way, Austin and Connor, newlyweds this morning. Uh, Awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. Look at them. They're still smiling and everything. That's totally going to wear off in a little bit. So no, I'm just teasing. That's the whole, <laughs> that's the whole message of this sermon series. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. So <laughs> No, just teasing. So, <laughs> so no, it, you know, here's the, here's the thing though. It, it, it is, it is such a huge, I've said this over and over again, and I believe it to be true. I don't think there's anything harder that you'll ever do in your life than to marry and stay married to one person for your entire life. I don't think there's anything harder you'll ever do. Now I used to say that. And then, um, I had teenagers and that's a really close second. I'm just going to tell you right now, raising teenagers really. And it really, it's not even so much with, with both teenagers and marriage. It's not even so much. Can I do it as much as can I do it and stay out of prison? Like that's the, that's, that's the real question because I mean, it's, it's trying it's, it's stressful. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a difficult, difficult thing. And if you, If you're one of those people like, what marriage is a breeze, then, um, then you are a newlywed and, um, I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's just difficult. And so now when I say it's difficult, am I saying that it's not worth it? Absolutely not. This is, it's one of the most, the of the most rewarding, um, outside of your relationship with Jesus Christ, the most rewarding relationship you'll ever have in your life outside of your relationship with Jesus Christ. That it's the most rewarding relationship you'll ever have in your life. And when you stick to it, and when you go for the long haul, um, you can't imagine how your love grows. I say this, anytime I, I get the opportunity to perform a marriage, <coughs> I, I was going to say marry someone, but perform a marriage. Whenever I do, I always say this. I always say, um, uh, it's my prayer for you too that you look back on this day as the day you loved each other least as the day you loved each other least. And, 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 that, and that if you are uh, willing to do the hard work that marriage requires, and if you are willing to seek God together, uh, you will find your love for each other just over the years continue to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And grow. Um, Jamie and I have, um, you know, we've been very honest with you all, about the struggles that we've had in our marriage. There was a time in our uh, relationship about seven years in, I think, that, that um, it almost didn't survive. Our marriage just almost didn't survive. It was really on the rocks. And, um, and what I found on the other side of that is greater love than I ever could have imagined. And if I, wouldn't, if I would have given up, which I wanted to at the time, if I would have given up, I would have missed out on um, a relationship that just gets deeper and deeper all the time. And so it's absolutely worth all the hard work and all the frustration and all the everything else. And it's not just hard work and frustration. There's so much that's great about marriage, but make no mistake about it. It is hard. It's, it is hard. It's not, it's not a breeze. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to go over these five commitments that I want you guys to commit to. And, and uh, going this is kind of a preview of the series that we're going to have over the next five weeks. So the first thing we're going to, this is what we're talking about today. We're going you're going to commit to seek God. You want to seek God together. We're going to talk more about that in just a second. So let's move on to the second one. We're going to commit to fight fair. It's not a matter of if you fight, it's a matter of when you fight. I'm going to commit to do it in a way that's fair, uh, to my spouse. Because one of the things that is so incredibly true about when it comes to, you know, you guys have heard me say before, Jamie and I can go from holy wedlock to holy headlock in about 10 seconds flat. And we're both very strong personalities. I mean, we're both very kind of type A strong personalities, very opinionated, that sort of thing. And so we go at it, and sometimes we go at it hard. Now, that's not to say, um, we, we kind of, I'm, I'm not suggesting this for your marriage, I'm just sharing a little bit about my own, because every marriage is different. Every marriage is different. But for us, we're so strong of personalities, we have no illusions of that, that we're going to reach a day when we just don't fight. We, we, we don't have any illusions about that at all. For us, it's, I, I finally reached, I think one of the things that got me over the hump with, with uh, you know, I used to entertain the word divorce a lot in my head. And I don't do that anymore, thank, thank God. Uh, but one of the things that got me over the hump of doing that is, is I, I, I finally started thinking about Jamie as, she's not just the person I want to love the rest of my life, live with the rest of my life. She's the, I, I say, she's the person I want to fight with the rest of my life. She's the person I want to fight with the rest of my life. If I got to fight with somebody, I'm glad it's her. And, 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 and that is, for us, it's a healthy thing. I'm just going to be honest with you. If we weren't having little spats, little arguments, it would be because we were suppressing everything within in us, right? Because like I said, we're both very strong personalities and we have opinions and, all, and sometimes they differ. And that's not a bad thing. You ask my kids and they will say, uh, yes, your pastor and his wife occasionally, are you? And they're laughing right now that I just said occasionally. And it's just kind of part of who we are. I love her so much. And I don't feel threatened by those arguments at all because because over the years, we have learned to fight fair. We've learned to fight fair. And we're going to talk about that next week. Uh, We're going to commit to have fun together. It's huge, huge. Have fun together. I've said it before. I'll talk about it in week three. But guys, if you're not dating your wife, somebody else will. If you're not dating your wife, somebody else will. Have fun together. You need to commit to stay pure together. There should be a level of purity and sanctity about your marriage. Now, there's a lot of talk on the news today about sanctity of marriage. Please don't let me hear you talking about the sanctity of marriage in a political sense when when your own marriage is anything but sanctified. The sanctity of marriage. Keep it pure. And then the last thing we're going to commit to never give up. We're going to commit to never give up. Now, this is this is this is kind of the outline we're going to be following for the next five weeks, and it's these five things. I really, honestly believe this with everything that's in me. If you, as a couple, can commit to living out these five commitments, you'll fail proof your marriage. You'll fail proof your marriage, and 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 it, it, you'll have a marriage that is honoring to each other and a marriage that's honoring to God. So, now one of the things uh, where, where couples kind of go off the rails pretty early is. Well, when you look at kind of romance in America and the way we look at romantic relationships and everything, and you watch, you know, uh, romantic comedies and, you know, romantic movies and things like that. And one of the things that always comes out is that there is this idea of this, there's this person out there that is the one for me, that they are the one person for me. And I got I have to do everything I can to find that one person that's going to meet all of my needs that 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 and, and 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 so we go searching and we you know we 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 overglorify these these you know movies that are just so sappy and everything else and you know whatever but we but we're all we're all out there looking for that for that one And this is what I want to tell you, and and, and if you get this, it's the first building block in this whole series. Everything else builds off of this one cornerstone statement, and it's this, that God is your one and your spouse is your two, okay? Don't miss this because it is critical to your marriage or your future marriage. God is your one and your spouse is your two. Because what happens is, is oftentimes in marriage, we want, we, we do this idolized, demonized thing idolize, demonize. And what I mean by that is this, in the beginning, uh, say you're the, you're the guy in the relationship in the beginning, you're thinking things like, like, oh, she is so amazing. And, and she's so, she's so organized and she's so, she's so everything. I mean, she just, she makes me a better man the way she, you know, I'm, I'm a better person having been around her and, and idolize, idolize, idolize. And then, you know, six, seven, eight years down the line, it's like, she is nagging me. She's controlling me. She's, you know, everything else. And then it's demonize, right? We idolize somebody first. And then later on, because they can't live up to the measurement of the one, we demonize them. If you're, the, if you're the female in the race, oh, he's, he's so easygoing, he's so laid back, I love, he, just, he just relaxes me, I, I just, I feel better when, I mean, he causes me to, to, to you know, to, to kind of step back and take things easy, and, and then seven, eight years down the line, it's like, he's a lazy bum, I can't stay, anyone never gets up off the couch, he doesn't do anything, he doesn't help me, I sits around playing video games and everything else, and, 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 and idolize, demonize, Right? idolize demons. When when you idolize somebody else, another human being, as the one in your life, there will eventually be a day when you demonize them because they can't be the one. They can't. And not only is it unrealistic, it's not fair to them. It's not fair to them for, for you to expect another human being to meet all the needs of your life, they'll fail you. you. You just can't, they can't do it. They just can't do it. God is your one, your spouse is your two. Jesus said it this way, Matthew 20T, 22, excuse me, 22, 36 through 39. It says this, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and, a, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The first commandment, the number one, love God with everything you've got. God is your one. God is your one. And it is huge. Now, moving forward, you know, as, as we, let's say you're a person that is um, hoping to marry someday. You're single, maybe you're a teenager, or, or you're a young adult, or whatever. Maybe you're divorced, whatever the situation might be and um you're hoping to marry someday then the commitment I need you to make this morning is this go ahead and put it up there I'm going to seek the one while preparing for my two I'm going to seek the one while preparing for my two because when we do that um we become well here's the deal most everybody has an idea of the type of person that you want to marry and um what happens a lot of time, though, is that we, especially nowadays, people are pushing marriage off late to later in life, often into their 30s and 40s, and uh, living single much longer. And, 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 and there's this idea of I want to kind of get out there and sow my wild oats, get all my living out of me before I uh, get married. Uh, I heard a comedian last night who was talking about having kids and he said, he said, I've just decided that I want, before I have kids, I want to make sure there's not another good thing that can possibly happen to me in my life. And, and it, you know, just what a horrible way to live your life. But but just that that whole that whole idea that I'm, I'm going to get all this living out of the way. And then what happens so often is, is you've still got this mental image of the type of wife, the type of husband that you eventually want to have. And generally, you know, it's somebody, that, it's somebody that's honest. It's somebody that you can trust trust. It's somebody that that maybe has some similar interests as you, that maybe shares your faith, whatever, you know, you've got, everybody's got their own little list of whatever those things, are. but oftentimes what happens is, single people, you have done so much living that you've almost disqualified yourself from finding that type of person. And you have to be so careful about that. We talk about this all the time, about the decisions you make today are having a lasting impact on your life and on your future. You may be that person that thinks, oh, that's, you know, you, you, you see some, ladies, you see some, some, you know, good Christian man out there, and you think, oh, that's the, type of, that's the type of man I want. But if you're, the way you're living now could possibly be disqualifying yourself from finding that type of husband. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about your relationship with God here, I'm just saying you could be making mistakes in your life that will limit the type of spouse you can find later down the road. So this is what I want to challenge you to do. You know, we, we, said, we said, you know, I'm going to seek the one while preparing for my two. You need to do this. You need to be working right now on becoming the type of person that you want to marry. You need to work right now on becoming the type of person that you want to marry. Now, if you're already married this is what I want you to commit. I'm going to always seek the one with my two. I'm going to always seek the one with my two. It is just critical (coughs) that you have the opportunity to share your faith with your spouse. I'm going to seek the one with my two. Now, I know there are people of all kinds of different backgrounds at Living Hope, and, and there are some of you that that have spouses that, that don't share your faith and, 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 and you still have healthy marriages. I'm not suggesting that if you, if, if you have a spouse that doesn't believe you know, in Jesus or whatever, that you have a dysfunctional marriage. That's not what I'm suggesting at all. I'm just suggesting there's something on some level that you don't quite share that you, one of you wishes you would share. There's something that's still there that's just missing a little bit. And I'm gonna be the type of person that seeks the one with my two. So there, there's, you know, when we talk about seeking God together, what does that look like? How, how is it that I'm going to seek God together? And it's just this, we're going to, you're going to make a commitment that we're going to pray together every day. Pray together every day. It's, you're like, Jeff, seriously, every day? Yeah, every day. Pray with your spouse every day. Now that, that this looks, uh, you know, all kinds of different ways. The scripture says this, 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And I think I can take some liberty and, and, and include marriage in that in place of land. That if you seek God together and pray together on a regular basis, you will find healing in your marriage. Why? Because it's hard to be constantly angry at someone that you're constantly praying with because it's hard to treat somebody like dirt that you're praying with. Like this has been one like you guys have heard me talk before that I okay, I, I hate this about myself. I'm just I'm just I'm just being honest, okay? I my natural leanings are that of a jerk okay? I'm a bit of a jerk if I allow myself to go down that road too far. Thank God, God works in my life and he keeps me from being a jerk most of the times, but still Mr. Jerk kind of pokes his head out occasionally and and, and that happens. But what what is so beautiful about my, Jamie, come on up here. What's so beautiful about our relationship is that when we are seeking God together, when we're praying together, when we're in the word together, it's really hard for me to um, make like really horrible kind of jerk type decisions that, um, when I know I'm, I'm praying with her when I know I'm in the word together, when we get together and we're in the word, um, God keeps me on a pretty short leash. And pr- before long, I'm like, okay, I know it was a jerk earlier and I'm sorry. And so we're talking that through and, and, and it all works out. So I invited Jamie up here. Everybody welcome Jamie. Um, <laughs> Jamie, uh, I like to refer to her as the first lady of the church. And, um, She is, uh, she's my wife. She's also our church office manager. She uh, also is uh, the director of the teen center here in town and a mother of four kids. And I'm sure I'm missing about 12 other things that she does. And so she's a, she's a very uh, busy person. So this is, this is a thing with Jamie. I, I, I've, um, I wanted her to kind of invite her up here to share about what that looks like for us to pray together Um, because it is, it is absolutely so critical um, so I want to start with this, Jamie. When, would you just talk a little bit about um, kind of the role prayer played in our lives when we were dating? Okay.
0: Uh, well, Jeff and I both grew up in Christian homes, and so um, <coughs> I was taught from a very young age that when you start dating, you should not <coughs> even go out on a date with someone unless you know that they're a Christian because you never know. Which date you go on will be the one that you just fall madly in love with somebody and then there's no turning back, you know? So make sure it's a Christian. Anyway, I was fortunate to be able to do that with Jeff. And so we were both taught to put God at the center of our relationship. And that's what we tried to do. And prayer was kind of prayer and Bible study together was the one thing that we knew to do together. So we did pray on a very regular basis and um, there were times in our relationship when things were just smooth sailing and we were getting along really well and things were very functional as opposed to dysfunctional (laughs) and then there were some times that our relationship was incredibly dysfunctional and backwards and messed up and those were the times that when we look back we weren't praying together we just weren't and I know it sounds so I don't know, like, you know, how do you just get together and pray on a date or whatever? But we just did. We, did. we would we would just get together and pray. And it was sometimes really casual or sometimes it was like um, I would go to him with a concern and just share a frustration I was having or, you know, whatever at the time and just say, please be praying for me about this. And he would. And we just kind of shared our deepest issues with each other in, in prayer that way and just try to continue to pray for each other on a regular basis, and oftentimes on a date, he would say, you know, hey, let's pray. You know, everybody's sitting in the car, and you're going out parking or whatever. We were we were parking and praying. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: were, we really were. It wasn't it wasn't uncommon for like uh, us to get a little tap from a flashlight on our window while we were parking, and um, and the police officer shining a light and What are you guys up to? And we got our Bibles in our hand. And we're like, <laughs> we're just. We're, he's like, Yeah, right. You read your Bible, you know, that sort of thing, you know. But we really were. And, and, uh, but I'll, I'll say this about that. Um, that Honestly, guys, when it, when it comes to, when, well, whether you're dating or, or whether you're in a marriage, praying together is seriously one of the most intimate things you can do. I, I mean, seriously. We, and, and that was one of the reasons we looked to prayer is because um, in the beginning of our relationship, we were very committed to uh, you know, sexual purity. And, and so we spent a lot of time just seeking God together. And uh, it it played a really—it was found—it was so foundational in our relationship that you know we, after dating for two and a half years, we broke up for about a year and a half, and then we got back together and got married. But um, that we laid the foundation for that became the bar by which we married every other date after we broke up. I mean, it was like um, I I knew if I didn't have that same kind of spiritual connection with somebody that that I, I couldn't keep dating them because. It was all, you know, Jamie set the bar.
0: It was also a real guide for us as far as um, trying to determine the next step in our lives. You know, at the time that you're dating and trying to choose who to marry, you're typically in college or, um, you know, starting to work out of high school and you're trying to determine what career path you want to take and what direction you want to go. And, you know, if if he was going to be a minister and I was going to be, you know, something else and if that wasn't going to fit into my plan for my life, then that wasn't going to be a good match for us. And so just <coughs> praying together over what God wanted him to do for his life, what God wanted me to do for my life, and to really determine if together that's what God wanted us you know, to do. And it became evident early on for me that um, that he did want me in ministry with Jeff. But um, we, we had prayed very, very, very seriously about becoming missionaries in France for a period of time. We were just that close to pulling the trigger, and then kind of together went, you know what, this isn't right, and we didn't, um, but God really helped us to choose our path and where we were going in life together by praying, and had we just like, hey, it's a lot of fun dating you, and let's go out and have a great time, but never really considered the importance of what God wanted for us, you know, that, that prayer was instrumental in shaping the future yeah. of what we are. But I would also add
1: to that if, if you're dating, uh, because honestly prayer praying together can be so intimate. A parked car is really not the best place to play. It really, it really is. You're setting yourself up for failure, so don't do that. Um, Anyway, um, so okay, then you know we you know time goes by and uh, we get married. So uh, talk about the, you know, how has that changed in our in our marriage? I mean, we're very extremely busy. I was telling somebody the other day that you know now we've got four kids. It's just a circus. It's it's just absolutely a circus. It's like somebody always needs something, and we're we're so busy. But how does prayer fit into our marriage now?
0: Well, um, it's we still pray together at times that he'll come to me and say, Let's just, you know, let's pray. Maybe the kids are all in bed and it's just the two of us alone and we'll stop and have a short prayer together. It's not usually some long, (laughs) you know, drawn out episode or whatever. If it is, that's great. If you have time, that's amazing. But for us, just finding that time is so difficult. It's a lot of short prayers. And It's a lot of me praying for him when he doesn't even know it or him praying for me when I don't. There's a lot of times I'm, you know, struggling with something. Um, I had a family emergency situation a week ago that just had me just sick, just sick. It was a horrible situation. And um, I had been so busy with the teen center and the kids and all that stuff. I hadn't even taken time to really kind of ingest it and last week during communion came forward and I wanted to break down right here in front of Jeff. Pray with me. But I was like, I guess I should hold it together long enough for everybody else to have communion. So after church was over, I went to the back and I just touched him and he knew and he just stopped right there and prayed for me. And I just started calling it was the first time I had been able to kind of let it out. But think times like that, just when I am in need, he knows it and he prays for me. And there are times that I see him struggling with just burdens over people in the church that he's so concerned about people he's praying for people that he you know he wants to see change in their lives or um you know general frustrations day-to-day things and and I'll go to him and say I just want you to know I'm I'm really praying for you so it may not mean that I have time to sit with him in that moment for 30 minutes and have some fabulous prayer Um, there are occasions we can but it's just I'm really praying for him on a regular basis and um the times that we are arguing more or um, just constant frustration stop and take a breath and go I have not prayed for him in a week I have not even thought about that you know it. it's so obvious that there's a connection that when I'm really putting him first I wake up in the morning and say you know, what can I do for my husband a day and, and how can I pray that God will bless him and when I do that the. The situation between us is so much better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Talk, uh, last question. T- just talk a little, just briefly about what does, uh, as, a, as a wife, as a woman, what does it mean to you to have a man who will spiritually lead you in that process?
0: Oh, it's everything to me. And if the, you guys know me, those of you who do know me, you know I'm a very strong-willed person, <clears throat> and um, I lead more than I should, and I have to... Constantly ask God to help me take a step back and allow other people to lead in any situation. I'm just such a take the bull by the horns kind of person. And when we dated the first time, one of the reasons it was somewhat dysfunctional is because I was totally in control of everything, um, because I am such a control freak. Um, I'm laughing because we have a controller here in the room. That's his job. And I I was laughing at a small group last week. I was like, there's a a career for that, to be a controller? (laughs) (laughs) I should have taken that career. (laughs) But I'm a control freak. So um, it was a conscious choice that I really had to make to allow him to lead me. But what's so amazing about it is once I did, I think it was when we got back together the second time, we both said, okay, as much as we've loved each other, the first time around it was very dysfunctional because i led everything and i just kind of refused to let him and we want to do it right this time and so i chose to um, allow him to lead me spiritually and um, when i did that it's not like oh, i suffered through it it became so amazing it was like a load off of my shoulders i don't have to worry about all that it's it's on him now and um, <laughs> It's, it's just, it's like God intended it that way for a reason. It makes life easier, you know? So letting him lead me spiritually has just been, it's just been like a burden lifted. But that aside, don't, don't, well, you can laugh if you want, but it's like a total turn on to me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There we go. (laughs) He's, he knows it, but I mean, I've told him that before. There are times that he's just like, just so he's so prayerful and he's so burdened and he's so like trying to guide us and I'm just like, you're really turning me on right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. But. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Everybody give Jamie a hand. That's awesome. That's how you get yeah, that's no, good. That's good. You did very good. <laughs> awesome. So I'm going to tell you, it is, uh, it, it's great. It's great. And um, I love, uh, I mean, that, um, well, let me just say this. I'm going to get tougher just a second. You guys know me. I was, if you guys have ever, if any of you have ever been through any marriage counseling with me, you know, I, I always say I'm not, I'm not a counselor. I'm not, a, I mean, I've had a little training, but I'm not a counselor, mainly because I don't have time to just sit and listen and listen and listen for months and months and months and pretend I don't have anything to say. So as soon as I see a fault, I'm like, okay, this is what you're doing wrong. You need to do this and this and this and, and you know that sort of thing. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty direct. But I'm just going to say this. If, you, if you're a man and you call yourself a Christian, you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and you have a wife who desperately wants you to lead spiritually and you are refusing to do it. You are barely worthy of the term Christian, much less man. I mean that. If you will not just pray, if if you're a Christ follower, if you are a Christian man, a Christian husband, who has a wife who desperately wants you to just take some time and pray with her, and your pride is so big that you won't allow yourself to do that, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should just flat out be ashamed of yourself. If you can't pray with that person who is the closest to you of anybody in your life, if you can't, you know, get up off that macho high horse and, 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 and meet her where she needs you to meet her, shame on you. Shame on you. That is not the kind of man God has called you to be. And men, I want us to be men who are, um, who are gentle who treat our, you know, the Bible refers to, to the wife as the weaker vessel, and, and a lot of times people get really offended by that term. What do you mean I'm the weaker vessel? And it's not about, you know, I can beat you in an arm wrestling match. That's not what it's talking about. It's, it, 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 that word literally mean, that Greek word that they translate into weaker vessel is, is literally almost the same word that they would use for like fine porcelain, something of great value, something, of, uh, something that is to be treated with care. And, 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 and men, you need to be treating your, your, your wife as one of the most valuable gifts that has ever been given to you. Some of you have little things that you collect, you know, maybe it's a, you know, sports memorabilia or a comic book or your stereo equipment or, you know, your car, your boat, whatever it is that you're just like, you know, you don't let anybody touch it. You know, you you just, it's the most valuable thing in your life. And at the same time, you're trying to keep the scratch and dents off of your car, you're treating your wife like garbage and that's got to stop. It's got to stop. She is the most valuable gift ever given to you. And you need to treat her as such. You need to treat her as such. So, this is the thing: um, when we seek the one with our two, when we seek the one with our two, we are living out one of the most foundational teachings that Christ ever taught, and it's this one in Matthew six, thirty-three. He says this: "But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness." And all these things will be added to you. In other words, it, that thing that you want, maybe you're, maybe you're not married, maybe, maybe you're single, and, and you are that person that just is kind of living and you, you feel lonely, you wish you had a relationship or whatever it is, and, and, and that's something that you really earnestly desire in your life. Seek God first, prepare yourself for your two. Maybe you're in a marriage and you wish that, uh, you know, things were better. You wish that things were smoother. You wish you weren't arguing all the time and, 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 and or, or you wish that, you know, it just wasn't so ugly when you did or, you know, whatever it is. You wish that you weren't constantly talking about divorce and things going on in your life. Seek God first and he'll give you that relationship with your two that you want. Seek God first. It is critical. It is critical. So again, now if if any of you have ever been in counseling with me, you know I always give homework. Because the fact of the matter is, you can come to all five weeks of this series, and that's not going to fix your marriage. You have to take it home and apply it. You have to apply it. So this is your homework for this week. Uh, If you're um, married, I want you to, every day this week, I want you to pray with your spouse. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate. You don't have to use King James English. You don't, whatever, whatever. Find the time that you guys, your schedules meet to where you're actually together in the same room. Maybe it's right before you go to bed. Maybe it's when you get up in the morning. Maybe it's on a lunch break or whatever it is. But spend just a few, and and it doesn't have to be, there's nothing magical to this. It's just, you know, okay, it's time to pray. and, 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 you know, you get all nervous about it. It's just as simple as looking at your spouse and saying, how could I be praying for you today? how can I be praying for you today? What's going on in your life right now that you could use a little extra prayer? And you share that with each other, and then you pray. And it's a couple minutes. It's not, it's not a big ordeal. It doesn't have to be an hour-long prayer. You know, I always say, you know, short prayers in, in public, long prayers in private, right? That's, that's, that's my philosophy, you know? So, I mean, you know, it's fine. When you're, with, when you're with someone else, it's fine if you do a short prayer. That's okay. If you want to spend some extra extended time in prayer praying over a situation, then that's fine too. But just commit every single day. We're going to carve out a few minutes and we're going to pray together. The other thing I want to, as kind of a bonus that I want to encourage you to do, that if you uh, use the U version app on your um, mobile device... Um, it's the Bible reading app called Uversion, and in that app, there's all kinds of reading plans. And if you do, if you go to plans and search for "from this day forward," there's a 33-day. Uh, plan that you guys can go through together. It's just got a few little scriptures, and it's got a, 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 a kind of a prayer cue for you guys to pray together. And then it's got a little thing do. It's like do this, and, it, and it's you know just little little uh, extra additional kind of homework things for you, guys, you know, conversations to have, and you know things like that. So um, I would encourage you to do that. Jamie and I are going to do that as well. And um, it's just it's you know it's, it's important. Seek your one. With your two, if you're single, I want you to do this. I want you to get in the habit of praying and and seeking your one on a daily basis. Now, you know it's 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 a little easier for you. You don't got to coordinate time with anybody else. You just do it whenever, anywhere, whenever, whatever you know time you have. Whether it's when you're driving around or when you're walking or when you're you know wherever, just get in the habit of spending some time in prayer and building your relationship with your one. Prepare yourself for your number two by seeking your number one. Okay. All right. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we thank you so much for your word to us today. I thank you so much for uh, Jamie and her influence in my life. And, and uh, thank you so much for giving me a, a wife that uh, that does indeed pray for me, that um, um, even though she allows me to uh, lead in our relationship spiritually, uh, she also occasionally leads me when I need it. And uh, she Uh, does not hesitate to lead me back to you when when i need that and i'm so thankful for her and um and god i pray uh for our marriage that you would just uh, grow us stronger day by day god that you would just again increase our love for each other and our love for you you as we seek you (coughs) god i want to lift up the marriages that are represented in this room right now and i ask that you would um if there's, if there's a couple in the room that, or maybe multiple couples in the room that are feeling like they're on the last legs of their marriage, they're ready to uh, just throw in the towel, God, would you um, give them whatever it is that they need to give it more time and to begin to seek you? God, if there's husbands in the room that need to begin to uh, lead their wives to you, and be the spiritual leaders that you have commanded them to be. God, convict them and make it a priority to them. God, I pray that couples would go home today and have some conversations about what they can do to begin to seek you together. God, for those in the room that um, uh, maybe are are single and uh, preparing for whoever that number two is that you have for them. God, I pray that you would just pull them in close. God, that their relationship with you would be so strong, so firmly planted. God, that as they seek that person to um, to live in marriage with the rest of their life, God, That um, that it would be a person whose ideals match up with theirs, whose faith match up with theirs. God, we love you. Forgive us when we don't seek you. Forgive us when we are um, just kind of leaving our faith to chance and just hoping things work out. God, help us to be intentional about seeking you first. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.